Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the C Sporty B Sporty podcast. My name's Josh Chapman and I'm this week's special guest presenter. Welcome along to our Challenger series as we talk to brilliant and inspirational special guests who have completed some incredible challenges in their lives. This week I am delighted to say that my guest is Nat Jackson, co-founder and director of Totally Runnable and C Sporty B Sporty CIC and usual C Sporty B Sporty podcast host. I'll be asking Nat about her running journey, uh, her running Yorkshire challenge, how she prepared for it, how she found it and what she learned as a result. Nat Jackson, welcome along to your own podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. What a weird situation to be in. I, feel <laughs> I was going to say, does it unnerved. not feel strange for you being in this kind of weird abyss of you being should be here and I'm here instead? I'm on the wrong side of the table, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. No, well, usually, obviously, I'm not anywhere in this process apart from I'm, I'm behind a computer screen. Usually, you are, you are. It all uh, together. Podcast producer extraordinaire, and thank you so much for uh, for helping me with this and making me talk about what happened. Yourself, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, no, thank you very much for the opportunity. It's always a pleasure to be asked, and you know, it's, it, I'm always happy to help. But anyway, first things first, some things never change, and that is how we start our podcast episodes. You've asked plenty of questions beforehand, and now it's my turn to ask you them. Uh, and we are, of course, starting with our uh, very special game, 11 Things That Everyone Should Know About Natalie Jackson. Are you ready, Nat? Do you know you, Do you know these no, questions? No, I'm not ready at all. I do know the questions. Have you played this every game before? Time, no, every time I ask them, I think, I don't know what my answer would be. Every time. And I haven't thought it through. I should have known this was going to happen. Yeah, well, you need to keep it fairly tight. You know the rules. They are not multiple choice, as you often say. They are either or. They are, you know, not yes or no. They are either or questions. Eleven of them, and hopefully they're very simple. Are you ready? You ready to play? I am. Go. Excellent. Number one, cake or pie? Pie. Incorrect. Cats (laughs) or dogs? Dogs. Invisibility or super strength? Invisibility. Do you prefer warm weather or cold weather? Warm weather. Love Actually or Bend It Like Beckham? Bend It Like Beckham. Hot chocolate or coffee? Coffee. Digital watch or analog watch? Oh, analog watch. I feel like I was really. I'm surprised yeah. at that answer. I thought I have. Well, I have like a a smartwatch, but it's got a circle on it. Ah, I, I understand. Um, <laughs> box sets, box sets or movies? Ooh, box set. Singing or dancing? This, I feel like this might be a tricky one for you. This is a tricky one. Both at the same time, ideally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, watching football or watching tennis? Oh, I mean, both at the same time. That would be confusing. Um, watching football, women's football specifically women's football specifically amen and finally cardio or weights oh running running all day long no weights no weights unless i have to no weights no weights no 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 no. i feel that i feel that i feel that well how did that feel answering your own questions that you've asked like a hundred times before yeah it was stressful yeah not gonna lie i i understand i understand but we're not here to talk about what 11 things you'd rather do we are here to talk about uh, your running yorkshire challenge now those uh, regular listeners of the C Sporty B Sporty podcast will know that our Challenger series has focused very much on people who have taken on their own um, incredible challenges um, throughout their lives. 
Uh, we've spoken to a wide variety of guests on on their hints and tips for you, um, how they got through their own challenges and uh, what you should have expected. Now, the first question I do have to ask you is, why on earth did you t- decide to run over 90 miles across Yorkshire? Well, I guess that firstly, I should say, I feel like something of a an imposter, because I think in the list of the guests we've had in this series, they have done some absolutely serious, serious, serious challenges. And I think in terms of in the grand scheme of things, my challenge, well, it was never really intended to be a world record or something, you know, it was never intended to be like a three day like the the Running Granny podcast where she was talked about her like three day, taking her like 75 hours and she only slept for three hours. And, uh, you know, the Joe Mosley did a, days and days of paddle boarding, which was uh, amazing to me. So it was never meant to be anything impossible, but it was something that I didn't know I could do. So it was, I didn't know whether it was possible for me and that's what made it a challenge for me. I was in, so we had a lockdown um, for a couple of months here, all the schools were closed, a lot of our workers in schools. Um, we had, you know, shops and businesses and things weren't weren't open as normal. It was a, a strange, strange time. And actually I found that what helped my mental health and what helped my routine was I guess having a routine where, you know, it helped for me to be out running. I was enjoying my running, not necessarily, you know, trying to go faster. I've done that in the past where I've, you know, tried to do a 5k as fast as I can, but, um, I wasn't, I was just running for my sanity. And so off the back of that, I, um, I had got myself into a place where I I was doing well with that, but I wanted to push that and see what could I do. And we did this, um, we did a Death to 5K online course, which is the online start to run course. And we had just a group of amazing women that I was meeting with online once a week. We had some funding through the National Lottery to do the course. And they were all doing with their running more than they thought they could. And it was just like it does with with these courses, which is why I love them. It was blowing their minds. And I, it struck me that I wasn't doing anything that I didn't know on one level that I could do. And so I wanted to find myself a challenge that was a challenge for me, not necessarily for everybody, but for me, um, that was just on that line of more than I knew I could do. And so running a long way seemed, seemed, like a good one running so I've run three marathons before so I haven't done masses and masses of those but actually the idea of could I get up one day and run a marathon yeah in my head like obviously you need a lot of training and and preparation but it didn't seem impossible to me I think you know could, could can I run another marathon yes could I run consecutive days across Yorkshire which is where I live and is quite a long way we knew it would be around 100 miles we didn't know whether you could, we, I mean, at the time we, I started looking at it, I didn't know what the route would be. It was just all so many unknowns, but I had the time and I had the motivation to do something and it seemed like a fun one to do um, and a really long way. And um, I, yeah, I, I had a date in mind because I was looking at in the summer and of course the 1st of August as I mean, everybody, at least in Yorkshire knows, the 1st of August is Yorkshire Day. So it was a nice thing to have a deadline. And sort Best of day ever, Sunday. obviously. Of Best course, day I ever. Mean, yeah. I mean, you know, you're an honorary Yorkshire woman. You're not from Yorkshire Thank initially. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate that. You, you do that. pass as an honorary one. Um, you know, you are from... 
the Alaman. And I, I, I'll be honest to say, I can't profess to know what the terrain's like on the Alaman, but I do know what the terrain is like in Yorkshire. And it's not the flattest, is it? It's not the flattest. It's not how the did flat- you, I mean, it's not dissimilar to the Alaman. How did you find it? Is it not? Yeah, well, I mean, no, I don't know what it's no. like. But I mean, there's how more. Did you, it, how did you find the traditional Yorkshire hilly terrain? It is hilly, isn't it? And I live in the foothills of the Pennines, I guess, in West Yorkshire. So I'm not averse to a hill. I mean, I don't necessarily love the hills and running up them. The running down them, though, is, is brilliant. Um, so, yeah, it was, that was also a, a tricky bit. And I think the, so the first couple of days, so I started just west of Skipton. And I went sort of Skipton, Harrogate, Nesborough, York, um, Pockington, Market Wheaton, down towards Hull. That was going to be the route. Um, and yeah, the first couple of days, I knew that they were going to be hilly. They were hilly days because they are, I mean, if, if anyone knows Skipton and um, the area around it, they, it's beautiful, but it is hilly. So I think we had a couple of days of just hundreds and hundreds of metres of climb. Um, and yeah, that it was always going to be a, an added part of the challenge, I think. But then, the, then once you get through York, like York's really quite flat. So going either side of York the day that I was going across that, I knew that that would be quite flat. And there were, yeah, the days, once I got the first couple of days out of the way, I was headed towards the sea. And I think that's part of it. I think for me, heading towards the sea is always heading in the right direction. I'm an Absolutely. islander, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're surrounded sea. on all sides, really, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I guess one of the things I, you know, you, you mentioned how you, you've been running a, a desk to 5K um, course with, with various different people who who wanted to get that running experience under their belts. Like you say, you running is no stranger to you. However, you know, running long distances probably isn't something you do regularly. And I, I know you're a fairly regular 5K runner um, and, and do like to get out running, but you're you're not a regular you know 20 kilometer 25 kilometer runner so how did you prepare for that ahead ahead of your challenge it definitely doesn't come naturally i think um the 5 and 10k comes quite naturally to me i really enjoy that it doesn't i have to and i think part of it is is the you know the rest of my life all around it i've got a three and a half year old as you know and it's just i you know running businesses running organizations and having family and you know the juggling act of all of that um, it doesn't sit easily, you know, it doesn't easily, I don't easily get the chance to go and run 20 kilometers. So that has to be done on purpose. Um, I remember talking to Andy. So Andy, who was on um, episode one of this series, Andy contacted me. So I'd known him for several years, but he contacted me once I'd put on Facebook that I was going to do the challenge. So I think it was like step one, like once you've decided what you're doing, you're like, sort of step one tell people what what you're doing um and he contacted me because I think I said in that in the post that I've put on Facebook I haven't run more than two days in a row um I'd done two days but that had kind of just happened by accident but I I, I hadn't actually intentionally hadn't ever run three days in a row so that was always gonna be part of it I knew I needed to get my mileage up day after day but instead of having rest days and recovering I knew I needed to be recovering on on the run so um for me the training so I think it was the 1st of April I decided I was going to do it, which amused me at the time because it was April Fool's Day. Um, but then it seemed like a foolish thing to do. Probably but, should have yeah, stayed think... that way, really. <laughs> really should. Um, but then from from April to the end of July, I just upped my mileage super gradually. I didn't do anything massive, no great big jumps. It was just upping my mileage in what I could fit in in a week. Um, I remember the first time I did, I think I did sort of 50 or 60 kilometres in a week. And I remember just thinking, oh, this is a really long way. 
So, um, yeah, I think it was up in my mileage, not doing anything, uh, you know, insanely more than I knew, I, you know, than each week I knew I could do. Because week on week, you can always go slightly further. You know, if it was a kilometre here or there, actually, I, of course I could do that. And by doing that, it crept up and it crept up. And then by do, I got to a point where I could, you know, I was running four days a week and then five days a week and then six days a week. And then once you're running six days a week, well, actually seven days a week isn't, isn't crazy. <laughs> It's only, it's only an extra day, isn't it? It's only an extra day. Yeah. I guess, but, yeah. I mean, I, I've known you for a few years now, and I'll be honest to say, Nat, you tire me out purely by me knowing how busy you are during the week. I get tired knowing how <laughs> much of a busy life it. you lead. <laughs> I running a company, you have a three-and-a-half-year-old child who just runs you about everywhere because she is a three-and-a-half-year-old child. You do. You seem to do everything else. How, how did you find the time? And was finding the time difficult to do it was finding that you know dedication and motivation quite hard to find maybe after a long day if you've been working all day could you think oh can I really be bothered were there days like that yes I think and I think with anything like this there are days like that of course there's going to be days like that but I think once I'd committed to it and once I was going to do it I I there wasn't a there wasn't ever a situation where I thought I just can't keep trying this and actually, I think this kind of comes down to, I remember talking on, so, um, the way the run actually went, the first few days were fun, really good fun, um, hard, but fun. And it was like the training I'd done was paying off. I had some awesome people running with me. So quite a lot of the days I had friends and, and people, supporters, supporters around and friends running with me. So the first day I ran with Andy and I ran with Hannah. Hannah I'd been to primary school with, so we'd not seen much of each other um, over the in-between years, but we'd stayed in touch on Facebook. And so it was really good catching up with her. Had Andy with me on the first day. Second day I had Emily with me. So Emily Freeman, my um, business partner, one, yeah, one of my bestest friends. So we were like chatting. We knew it was going to be hard, but it was like chatting. It was like, get the day done. It was, uh, yeah. Um, but then once we got into the, the later days in the week and I started picking up because I had some Achilles trouble, my calves were really tight. And once that started setting in, that, that was tricky, it was hard. And so the Friday morning, by this point, I'd... Um, picked up this Achilles issue. It was um, getting worse um, on the Thursday afternoon. As I came out of York, it was getting worse. I'd had a bit of a sit down in York, which I don't, don't think was sensible in hindsight. And it had just crept on and crept on. The tightness in my calves and one Achilles um, in particular was just pulling, pulling. And so by the time I got to the finish on the Thursday, I just needed to rest it. And then Friday morning, I woke up. It was absolutely killing me. Um, I had one conversation on the phone with Emily in tears. What do I do? Emily gave me some brilliant advice about not... She said, don't um, don't make the decisions you don't need to make yet. She was saying, like, try this and then try this and then try this and then think about this later. And so I spoke to my physio. She was amazing. Ali Rose, she is amazing. You know, she has some amazing... Um, clients on her on her roster and unbelievably in the middle of the Tokyo Olympics she was on the phone to me talking about my Achilles which was ridiculous to me um but had some great advice from her and from Charlene Thomas who she works with and so we'd had all of this stuff going on um I genuinely didn't know on the Friday whether after the first two miles I was going to have to pull out or not it felt emotional I was tired but actually the this is a very long-winded story (laughs) but actually but what we what happened on that Friday was I was running with, again, two brilliant people to be running with for, for this sort of day. It was Andy Wright again and Wasim Hussain. And I've run with them before. They run regularly. They have a group that runs regularly together. And the two of them were just so good because 
throughout that day, we never actually decided to stop. We never decided not to stop, which sounds bizarre, but we essentially the advice from the physio was, Nick, if it's, if it's sharp pain, stop. If it gets above five out of 10 painful, stop, rest, ice, try again tomorrow, see how you go. And as soon as we set off, it was four out of 10. The two of them looked at me and were like, where, where are we at now? And I was like, mm, not, not good here, it's four out of 10. And so the assumption was from all of us, I think that we were just gonna have to get a couple of miles in, probably pull out for the day, probably regroup. We talked through all the different options. What could we do? Could we come back in a week? Could we come back in a month? Could we see how it went? But actually we, we'd dealt with all the options. And then in the end, we just carried on and it never got, more painful it the pain didn't go away so it was hard but it didn't get more painful and I think that for me kind of sums up you know at, at any point way back in the training or at any point in general um once you've committed to something and actually you're doing it you don't really know until you get to that point what you're going to do but actually for me in the training and in the actual day I think the only logical thing to do was keep going there was never a point where it was painful enough to stop. There was too much important, you know, there was too much important go, important things going on around it and the fundraising for the, you know, community interest company and the work that we do. And it was never, I, I was always conscious of being sensible and doing the right things and taking the right advice. And, you know, like Emily said, taking the decisions when I needed to take them. But there was never a point when I needed to stop so we just carried on and actually that's how we got to the end of that day because we just carried on but there was just there was no reason to stop was there a little bit in your mind when you were experiencing that pain where you thought I've done all this training I've, I've built it up people have donated money and sponsored me and been really generous and given up their time to run alongside you or support you was there a little bit inside you that you thought I just don't want to let them down. I need to carry on because I don't want to let them down. Yeah, definitely. But I think the team that were around me, and I think this is the thing as well. And I remember talking to several of our podcast guests through the season about support and the team around you. Um, Maura Sullivan, I know I talked to her about like the team around you and the support. I had just the, you know, there the were a lot of people moving their week around for it. There were a lot of people, you know, taking days off. I've spoken about some of the people who ran with me. Um, my friend George, Jez, ran with, ran with me. She'd taken the day off work. Hayley had taken the day off work to run with me. Um, but beyond the runners, I had my brother-in-law, Tim, Tim Baker. Shout out to Tim Baker because he was amazing. He had taken the whole week off. My sister took the whole week off, Hannah. Um, my mum and dad were over from the Isle of Man. There was childcare going on left, right and centre. Um, you know, my auntie and uncle were across. Um, I, somebody, Helen, that I used to work with had taken her day up. There were so many people. I mean, Jodie had brought her, my friend Jodie had brought her children and her mom would come and there was just, and it was in the rain. And so that it was all just, you know, when there's just so many people. So yeah, there was definitely a bit of, um, you don't want to let people down. But I think that they were all so, so great with the support and we'd been realistic about, I didn't know if I could do it. And I think they'd kind of come in knowing that, that it was particularly Andy and Wazim on that Friday, I think, they were quite happy for me. They knew what they were getting themselves into, I think. And they were quite happy for me to do what I needed to do. But they let me make that decision. 
Um, and I know that there were conversations, Tim, um, on the like sort of project managing side and Andy, because he'd been running with me, the two of them were having conversations. So Nat might want to do this and Nat might want to do that. And in the end, the two of them did come up with the suggestion that we um, amend the route and move the sixth day. So I was supposed to run seven days in a row, but actually we shortened the route because of the Achilles issue. I had a day off the running on the Saturday to then try and finish on the Sunday, which was Yorkshire day. Um, so we shortened the route because all I needed to do was get to the sea and where I was gonna get to the sea was further than actually where I needed to get to the sea. So, um, and I know the two of them were having conversations around me but it was always my decision and it was always what was going on. So they were letting me make the decisions that were, were best for, for me. But I, yeah, I think I'm fairly stubborn as well. I think I wasn't gonna, I don't wanna let myself down if I'm capable of doing something and actually it'll just take a bit more effort or it might hurt for a bit, but I'm not doing any damage and I'm not making things worse. That was the key thing. I wasn't making things worse. I'd had the sensible advice. I knew that I wasn't making it worse. It was just painful to get through because I'd run. 80 miles so far in a week <laughs> yeah I, I i get that and I, I don't know what you mean by when you say you're stubborn i, I don't possibly know <laughs> what you're talking about by that at all um we we've had some really inspiring guests on on this series and last series as well but this series talking about challenges we've had some really inspirational people who and i don't like using the phrase who are just normal people but you know what i mean they are just people who you would see and walk past in the street day to day and you wouldn't batter an eyelid at them because they are just just normal people do you now see yourself as fitting in that category of being an inspiration because i think you know totally runnable c sporty b sporty a lot of people look at your organisation and just think oh, what you know inspirational stuff that they do do you see yourself now you've carried on and done this challenge, do you see yourself as, a, as an inspiration to others or, or are you too humble to admit it? I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah, Josh, you're giving me a look. I don't think it's, I, inspiration makes you sound like you're, and I know I use it with other people and I hear the same thing from them. It makes it feel like you're doing something that other people can't do. And that I would just so vehemently like push back against. I think what I like to do is, empower people and help people see their the potential that they have and I think um with this I think it, it got to a point for me where actually I, I I love doing that and I was seeing that with the women that we were working with in through the winter with their running and and actually um I just had a little think to myself and thought what I think they inspired me I don't think I, there was ever the intention of of, I think, you know, it, what it did for me was reignite that in me of, yeah, you can do more than you think you can. And there were points when I thought this is just crazy distance for me. And this isn't something that, quote, normal people can do. And I am just the definition of a normal person. There's nothing from a sporting perspective. I don't think I have any massive natural talent in any sporting direction and certainly I didn't do enough sport as a child to have developed any particular skills through the practice of that but I think actually what what I do have is stubbornness and um once I'm once I commit to something I I want to see it through and so yeah there's an there's an element of pride in having seen it through but I think actually it's more about the empowerment than than inspiring you know people who inspire me are the people that have been on our podcast without doubt um and that was the logic of this this series because 
and I've said it from the from the start, you know, selfishly, I wanted advice. I wanted to hear their stories because I wanted to learn from that. And um, yeah, so I, empowering others and being, I'd like the idea of other people going, oh, she's just normal and she ran across Yorkshire. <laughs> I like yeah, that. I, I, That's not an inspiration yeah. necessarily. Maybe inspiration is the wrong. Just like the empowering side of it, and going, mm. oh, well, if Nat can do that. Well, you know, we've we spoke, we've spoken about how how tough the challenge was, and personally, I'm not sure I could run six days in a row for as far as you did. And you know, we we've heard from lots of different people on on this series of the, of the podcast, and I'm sure you'll have spoken to various other people who've not been on the podcast in the run up to your uh, to your challenge. If you think about the time you were doing the challenge, what was the best piece of advice that you received ahead of time that you put into practice whilst you were running? Oh, so... Um, Either from people who have been on the podcast or, I don't know, your mum or anybody else you've spoken to. Because everybody always tries to give you advice, don't they? As if they've been in that position themselves. Everybody always tries to go, oh, you better do this or you better do that and you should do this. So what was the best piece of advice you received that you put into practice? I think there, there were... A couple. There was the the stuff that Andy said to me early on about actually um, you need to go about it the right way and actually a lot of the prep is going to... A lot of the prep is, is going to be in doing the stuff that, that isn't the big challenge week and it's just the day in, day out and that sort of stuff. Um, but also what I loved about Andy was that he was willing to come with me. He was like, I'm running on a Monday. Are you coming? You know, there was that sort of thing. Um, so I think, yeah, that that side of it I I really valued because I think that meant that I did I took it seriously enough from the word go it wasn't like you could just get up and do it without any of the training so the training and the prep and that side um I I I love the physios that we use at Coach House Sports Physio um up in Leeds they they are just so good at you kind of think that physios as a job are going to tell you not to do things or maybe I do maybe I think you kind of think that they're going to all be careful or all don't damage this actually what's brilliant about them and I would just recommend them so highly to anybody is that they are just so they will put you in a position physically to to do that sort of thing you know they are um they went with me you know when when you say to a lot of people oh I'm going to do this whatever your crazy challenge is so I'm I'm going to run across Yorkshire you get a lot of people going oh and all you can hear is them going why <laughs> like what, what? <laughs> whereas actually you know the, you definitely value the people when you say the crazy thing that they go yes you are how can we help um and again I think that that was a thread because that my brother-in-law Tim was just the first person to say that when I was like thinking about doing this he was straight in yeah I'll help let me take days off let me do this let me work around it and I think everybody else then sort of falls in and helps and gets excited with it but it, I definitely value the people who right at the start go yes I'm in um so I like that but then during the week itself there was the uh, what Emily said to me on the Friday morning I think about not taking the decisions before you need to take them so I was putting myself in a sensible position to do everything and I, obviously it comes from her her athlete days and and you know being an elite sports person but I think not having to that was such good advice on on the day and then by the friday evening when i'd got through that day and it hadn't got any worse and i'd managed to finish that day and then we were tactically changing and the saturday was i going to have the day off and was i going to shorten the route to finish it on the sunday or were we going to have to go into the next week and how was i going to come back and have to do different things it, it was emily again i think and she she said it 
actually, and I do, she, you know, she reminded me of what I say. I say, you know, I don't like, I don't find it super inspiring. Whoever it is, I don't find it super inspiring for them to go, I worked really hard and then I did it. And then I was champion of the universe. I, I, that's amazing. What a brilliant story. But I just don't relate personally to stories like that. I think actually... I want to know the journey. I want to know what you went through. I want to know how that felt. And I want to, I want all of the, I want to hold your hand through the whole story. Tell me exactly how it all felt. And that, that bit on the Friday when it was, it was all in jeopardy and it all just got, it all just got real. Um, and yeah, the stressful and painful and all the rest of it. Actually, she reminded me on that day. She was like, this is just the, this is that bit that nobody wants to talk about. This is that bit where it is hard. And actually... You could just stop and you could just go home, but actually you've committed and you're here and you're doing it. This is the, this is the journey. And it was one of those creepy, creepy moments. We were, um, we'd finished at a pub and we were eating. I was getting, had a, like a whole structure for food. I'd had some really good advice from actually somebody that I'm mentoring had then given me some really good advice, Emily Smith, about nutrition and stuff. So I was working on my nutrition stuff. So I'd finished off all my stuff, but like my food pouch things that I had and and made sure I'd got in all the right nutrients afterwards because running three hours a day, it's, you're never going to be able to sort of get all the all the nutrients in and you're much more likely to, to eat um, weird and wonderful things when you're at that point mentally, I guess. But so, yeah, so we were sitting in a pub afterwards and um, I had this whole conversation and we were trying to make a decision. What do we do? Do we move the day? Do we move it around? Do we move the route? And Emily was on the phone. She was like, this is just, the, this is just the, the journey. This is what it's all about. This is what you're always saying. This is, this is just now. And that was, it was so common and just uh, like such a useful thing for her to say. And as she said it, I looked up and there was one of these, you know, in pubs, they have these like motivational posters on the wall. And there was this poster, <laughs> right? Unbelievable, Josh. I can't even, even just thinking about it. I can't, I can't believe it. And it was this map and it said, like, in this big squiggly writing, embrace your journey. And I just looked up as I was having this phone conversation with her. And it was like, the whole, like, universe just collided. It was like... I was telling <gasps> you something. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I think I just cried. And I handed the phone over to my friend Jodie. Who was there. I was like, oh, just explain this. <laughs> but then she didn't know what Emily had been saying. Emily didn't know what was going on. So it was all... I was weeping was a, was in a, a corner of a pub. I was. <laughs> but yeah, that, this is a very, very long-winded way of answering your question. Actually, it, like, the journey was the thing. And I think I always, I think I knew that from the start, but it, uh, the, putting all of that advice together, it's the whole journey. It's the point from when you decide you're going to do more than you think you can. Because actually, that, that's when your journey starts, isn't it? And it, it's still not even, I think even now, I think the first couple of weeks after the run, I was so tired and... My Achilles was still sore, my cars were still really tight, and I was just uh, like sort of on a having a just a dip of energy and everything afterwards. And I think actually what it's taken me a few weeks to to realise is that the whole thing is just part of the journey, isn't it? And even, you know, talking to Laura Youngson um for the last podcast episodes we recorded and talking about what's next, I think that's all just part of the journey, isn't it? There's definitely something next. You, you learn from all of this and you learn what you're capable of, but also then you've got to go, you've got to kick on with that. I can't just sit here and go, oh, that, yeah, you can do more than you think you can and then not live by that. I, I guess that kind of follows on to what I was going to ask you next, actually. And, you know, there's no mistake in the fact that it's a, it's a really big challenge. It was a huge task and, and, and a great achievement. But if you could narrow it down to one thing, what do you think you've learned 
from doing it. Oh, that's a tricky one. And I think it, like it is, for me, it was a great achievement, but I don't want to oversell. I think, you know, people do way bigger things than that. But also by the same token, people do way smaller things than that, that are for them just as big a challenge. I think boiling it down, you can do more than you think you can. And I just can't, I just can't get past that point. And every time, it somehow, somewhere in there, it still surprises me, even though it doesn't, and even though it's what I do. But there, actually, there's nothing that can compare to doing more than you thought you could maybe do. Because then actually, what next? Just kind of proving yourself wrong, I guess. Yeah, but even when you think it, it still blows your mind. Even when you think it, even, I mean, I, I obviously thought it enough to try it. But then it still blows my mind that, oh, I can do that. I can run three and a half marathons in a week. What else could I do? Two part question. First part, would you do it again? Second part, why or why not would you do it again? Um, so if I hadn't done it the first time, I would still do it. Um, yeah, because I absolutely loved... But you did do it the first time. Yeah, I did do it the first time. I wouldn't do it again now. Um, <laughs> two reasons. One, my, my map route planning skills <laughs> left a lot to be desired. I did not have the best route planning skills. Um, you should not run along the verge of the A59 <laughs> in under any circumstances. No. It was foolish. <laughs> It was, um, I mean, it was in the verge. I was never in any grave danger, but I would definitely not recommend that anybody does it. And I would certainly not do it again. Um, so my route, I would definitely need a new route to do it. Um, and I think secondly, the reason I did it was to see if I could. And now I know that I can. So I'm not going to do it again. I need to do something. I would do it again. I would do, I would, do, I would find something, something I don't know if I could do okay. and do yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. That I would highly recommend. And I will do that once I've worked out what it is. I, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, you, you've run marathons, you, you know, you've run long distances, you've run across Yorkshire. You obviously at some point want a another challenge. You know, it's difficult fitting that in when you're busy kind of empowering girls in sport and raising a toddler and looking after a husband who clearly needs a lot of looking after sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what what is next? What is next? What what challenge would you... Is there anything that you look at now and think, oh, do you know, I'd really love to do that at some point. It doesn't have to be in, you know, in the next year. It could be in five years' time. Is there one thing that you think, I would love to be doing that at some point, just to no, kind of tick it off? Not, not as no. like a bucket list thing, but just as yeah, something no, you would, you'd quite like to aspire to. No. There isn't yet, no. And I think when it comes, then I'll put the effort into it. But I think, mm. um, no, not yet. When I it think, comes, you'll um, know. What I enjoyed from having done this podcast, I loved that. So I spoke to, well, I did the interview with Joe Mosley just before the run. And then um, I then went back home to the Isle of Man and tried paddleboarding. And I absolutely loved that because that get that is something, growing up in the Isle of Man, I don't think people did a lot of water sports on the Isle of Man. But now it's really quite big over there. There's a lot of... Um, when you sort of when I was over there in in August, there was a lot of people on on and around the water, which I absolutely loved. So, um, and I would love for my my little one to um, experience that when we go over there, and you know to feel at home on the water, and you know follow go back and see her her Manx roots over there. So, um, yeah, the idea of 
of paddleboarding or being on the sea um I yeah that excites me and so I'd love to practice that a bit and learn that and that's a bit of a challenge for me when I'm back over there but um there's nothing that I think right now I think I'm I'm still riding the wave maybe did you like my sea theme um clever clever I'm still riding the wave of now I know I can do things yeah let's I think the idea of I need to find something else that um that is like a step ahead and makes me think oh I don't know Maybe if you took paddleboarding up further, maybe you could do, I don't know, from the Isle of Man to the American coast across the Atlantic. There you <laughs> that, I, mean, I think that would be <laughs> foolish. <laughs> but yeah, I That's mean... a bit further than running across Yorkshire, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is a little bit. And I think, yeah, the, uh, yeah, the, the shipping forecast might have something to say about that. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I'd, settle for, I'd settle for just standing up on it and paddling around. <laughs> And obviously, you know, one of the things you were hoping to do as part of your challenge was was raise money. Um, and that is something you did. People were, were very generous in, in donating to you um, and to your were. challenge. What What is the money going towards? So, yeah, I need to say thank you to all the... So many people have donated and it's been just, just amazing. And I'm always conscious of that because I do do running-based challenges. Um, people... Uh, you know are asked every so often to donate to one of my crazy running things going on and and so yeah I, I'm always conscious of asking people um and and yeah I'm so grateful so thank you to everybody who has donated the um donations page is still live we will put the link in the show notes um and yeah I the the funding the original plan for the funding was to send the posters so we've got a set of role models posters of girls doing sport and it's our mission with c sporty b sporty and with totally runnable for primary schools to get those for free so we have a girls and sport pledge that schools can sign up to if they just google girls and sport pledge and they can get hold of the posters as part of that and we're also we were raising the funding to send a set of the posters to every primary school in Yorkshire. We have already sent them thanks to some funding from the Yorkshire Sport Foundation and others um, to every primary school in Western South Yorkshire. But there were another 550 something in North and East Yorkshire that would complete the set. So we have now ta-da, raised enough funding for that to happen. Um, so any additional funding that we get is either going to go to um, sending them to more schools, which will happen as we go along and widening out the scope of the impact we can have with those posters, um, because we do know the impact that they have. We've got some resources that go with them that schools can use. Um, we know from speaking to girls and boys in primary schools how important role models are and how important it is to them, not just to see, you know, adult athletes as role models, but to see girls who look like them doing sport in a way that they don't necessarily see in other places. Um, so the the impact there. Um, we've got a couple of other projects in the pipeline um, that the funding would go to if, if we got above certain figures, one of which is something that we've worked on over the summer. We are doing some research on um, media coverage of the Olympics. So that's one. We have another couple in the pipeline that we would love to do around just around this um, message of the gender sport gap. We know that there is a gap at primary school in the UK between the confidence levels, participation and performance of girls and boys. And actually, we know that there's no physical reason that that should be the case. It is a socialised reason and it is something that we can change. So, um, yeah, it's it's one of those once you know you can change it. And actually, once you know the great benefits that, that children get out of working with us, it's you're not doing your job if you don't do more of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 
I know you, you just had a, a bit of a brief thank you to everybody who supported you financially, but and without making this sound like an awards ceremony, obviously, but is there is there anyone, I assume there are people that you would like to say thank you on a, on a wider level, either for coming out and running with you at all hours or um, you know running with you on your challenge or supporting you from afar? You know, is there anybody so, you'd like to so thank? So many. Thank you to absolutely everybody who has supported me on any level, whether it was just on Facebook messages, whether it was through um, any of the sponsorship channels we had. Um, we had a small launch event. Um, thank you to anybody who came to that. Thank you to the people who supported me, you know, in running. That was awesome. You know, um, I loved running with all of you and chatting and it was just, yeah, you got me through some some challenging things physically, some even more challenging things mentally. And yeah, I just cannot thank you enough for that. Thank you to the companies that sponsored us, you know, Northern Accountants, Yorkshire Runner, um, brilliant running um, shop, um, definitely go see them. Uh, Coach House Sports Physio, Charlene and Ali. The places we visited on route, so we're Osset Brewery, Yorkshire Vineyard, wasn't just alcohol-related establishments. That makes it sound awful. Sounds quite they convenient. Were, nah, nah. They were very, Sounds very, very convenient. supportive. Um, gold medal sports massage at Total Fitness in Wakefield. I had several visits to them once the Achilles and the calves were were causing me jip. Um, and the, the people who just came and supported, you know, anybody that, that came and supported me, um, a complete, you know, one end of the scale to the other. We had strangers who'd seen it in the Pocklington Post who came out and were cheering as we went by. We had, you know, my friends and family who'd taken days off and, and travelled across the country to come and see me. And um, I think the the biggest thank you has to go to my brother-in-law, Tim. He um, led the way with the supporters. And, yeah, um, Tim and Hannah, mum and dad, they had a... A heck of a week. They were all technically on holiday and somehow traipsed across Yorkshire with me. And they said they enjoyed it, but um, yeah, I I really appreciate it. It's up for discussion. Up for di- they said they did. We've got nothing to disprove that. <laughs> they Whether they, they did, did or not, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> my mum has made me an amazing book of all the photos of it and my little Strava profiles of the runs and yeah, everybody who ran with me. And it's just. Yeah, it's brilliant. And and quite frankly, it's probably taken her as long to do that as it took me to run across Yorkshire. So yeah, thank you, Mum. Well done, Mum. Well done, Mum. And and finally, you ask this to everybody uh, everybody who comes on the podcast, but where can we find out more about you, Totally Runnable, C Sporty, B Sporty? You know, where can we find you? What's coming up in the, you know, what's coming up next? Um, And, you know, provide us with those details about how people can still uh, donate to those causes. So the sponsorship link is on our social media and it will be in the show show notes. Um, We are on uh, at Totally Runnable on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. And we have a C Sporty, B Sporty Facebook page. And of course, the the podcast, wherever you've got this, wherever you found this from, that's where we'll be. Perfect. Well, Nat, it's uh, it's been slightly strange, if not a pleasure, to to talk to you this kind of side of the uh, of the podcast. And I'm sure it's been equally strange for you as well. But uh, yeah, you know, congratulations uh, once again on on your run, um, on your total of money that you've raised, um, of the work that you continue to do. Um, uh, yeah, just a massive congratulations, and and I'm glad it went well. And I hope the Achilles is feeling better soon. Um, anyway, you. thank. This is going to feel really weird. Okay, this is. <laughs> But you have been listening to the C Sporty B Sporty podcast by Totally Runnable. Um, you can find us, as Nat says, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. 
on at Totally Runnable. And hopefully we will see you again at some point in the not too distant future. Thank you very much for joining us. And like we say, hopefully see you soon. Goodbye. You can follow my Running Yorkshire journey on social media using hashtag Running Yorkshire. And if you'd like to sponsor me or find out more about my route, you can go to localgiving.org slash Running Yorkshire 2021. That's localgiving.org slash Running Yorkshire 2021. And if you're enjoying C Sporty B Sporty, we would be forever grateful if you could leave us a review on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. For independently produced podcasts like us, it really does make a massive difference to how far a message goes. And you know that is what we are all about. Thank you to everyone who has already left us a message. It really does mean a lot.